everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. I'm joined here in the game studios by the producer extraordinaire and someone who's so bold with their fashion choices, they wear sunglasses inside the studio that's how big time they are. That's how fashionable she is. Good morning, Hannah Five Names. Good morning. I literally uh, almost left them on my bathroom counter, so I slipped them on my jacket and left. And I've yet to take them off to put them inside my bag. I just walked in. I was like, all right, there we go. Girl's yeah. feeling herself. She's like, hey, what's up? Got sunglasses on. Shall I slip them on during the show? Maybe. Is it because I'm so bright? Because I'm a ray of sunshine? You see what I did there? No words. <laughs> uh, that is the correct response. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct response. Oh, man. We got a good show lined up for you today. We're going to tackle all the topics you want to you hear about. You want to talk about the latest in recruiting? Specifically involving the LSU men's basketball team. Guys are leaving. Guys are decommitting. We got that for you today. You want to talk the Pelicans? Not the Pelicans, the Pelicans. They're trending in the right direction. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk Raging Cajuns. We're going to talk Tigers. We're going to talk McNeese. We're going to talk Saints. We're going to talk Final Four. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls, as always. Game hotline is open. As long as you're nice to the lady behind the window, guess what? You'll have the opportunity to get on the airwaves with your man, RP3. Game hotline, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You know, sometimes... Five names, you know this. You got to make the safe choice. Sometimes you don't want to be bold. You don't want to be daring. Like you today, you decided to be bold and daring wearing sunglasses inside the studio. Not everyone's that way. Some people out there right now listening go, whoa, no, I'm not that fashion forward. You need to play it safe. You want to play it safe. And that's exactly what the New Orleans Saints are doing this offseason. No bold moves, no splashy signings. They've been very conservative in their approach to the offseason from top to bottom. Instead of going out and bringing in new blood as the head coach 
of the franchise after Sean Payton's somewhat surprising retirement. They decide to just promote from within. The guy that had been there for, you know, a decade during his two stints with the team. There, there were other candidates. They interviewed other individuals to be the head coach. Guys that had bigger names. Guys that would have been flashy hires. Instead, they decided to play it safe. Let's just promote Dennis Allen from defensive coordinator to head coach. And then they go through their coordinator hires, and they go through the same thing. They interview people from outside the headquarters there in Metairie on Airline Drive. And what do they do? They promote from within. They do all those interviews, and they they do it. They go safe. Safe. Ah, we'll just have Pete Carmichael be the offensive coordinator. Hey, we'll have these two guys essentially share responsibilities to be the defensive coordinator. They were already here last year. They already know Dennis Allen's system, so we'll just promote from within. Safe. Safe. And then this offseason, did they uh, make a splash by saying trying to keep or overpay to keep Marcus Williams, their safety that they franchise tagged the year prior? No. They let him walk. He goes and gets paid $70 million to play for the Baltimore Ravens. They played it conservative. They didn't overspend for Marcus Williams. Instead, they brought in Marcus May from the Jets. Far cheaper safety, not as good as Marcus Williams, but they played it safe. Hey, we want to go with the cheaper option. Teron Armstead. Been a fixture across the offensive line for a long time. Starting left tackle. Did they overpay for him five names? Did they decide that, hey, we need to lock him up? No. They let him go get paid $80 million plus from the Miami Dolphins. They played it safe. They bring back Jameis Winston on a two-year deal. Now, they tried to not play it safe by bringing in Deshaun Watson. Tried to make their pitch. But instead, they settled for Jameis Winston. Two-year deal. Team-friendly two-year deal. They're only going to have to guarantee money of $21 million. And all along, safe move, safe move, safe move, safe move, safe move. Playing it safe. And free agency is up and running. And then they make another safe move yesterday. Traquan, I can't catch balls on a regular basis consistently. Smith comes back to the team. They re-sign Traquan Smith. Yet another, wait for it, safe move. Two-year deal, only worth $6 million. $3 million of it is guaranteed, so this is an immensely team-friendly deal. To bring back Traquan Smith. Third-round pick out of UCF four years ago. He's caught more than 100 balls for nearly 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns. But once again, it's the safe move to bring back Traquan Smith. And you got all this money to play around with. I have no idea what Mickey Loomis and company are going to be doing with their money. They have 
They're top five in available cap space. But everyone they brought in, May at safety, team-friendly deal, affordable deal, safe move. Daniel Sorensen, that's not the safety that Saints fans wanted from the Chiefs, but that's who they got. Safe, friendly, low-key deal. Jameis Winston, team-friendly, low-key deal. Traquan Smith, low-key, team-friendly deal. Teron Armstead and Marcus Williams, go get paid. We're not, we're not spending all that money. It's interesting. It's interesting from top to bottom, the approach by Mickey Loomis and the Brain Trust in Metairie this offseason. They're not overspending for people. They're letting people walk that have been some of the best players for the franchise in the last five years. They're trying to replace said players with team-friendly, safe contracts. They haven't overspent for anybody. Now, are they going to attack it through the draft? Could we see some trades? Could we see them get bold and daring sometime this offseason? Maybe. Or could we see them just be very conservative and drop an offensive lineman in the first round and draft a defensive back in the second round like they typically do year in, year out, over and over again? The approach by the Saints, even with all the salary cap space they had, based on what Mickey was able to do converting regular salary into signing bonuses for his existing players, I'm not going to lie to you, slightly surprising. They've been very conservative with the exception of flirting with Deshaun Watson. Their approach has been safe, safe, and safe whether that's with the head coach, the coordinators, or the players that they've re-signed or players that they've brought in. It's all been very safe and conservative. It could prove to be smart. It could prove to be the right moves. But it's definitely a safe approach this offseason. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on, Chris. Chris, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, brother, it's been a while. Good morning to y'all. Early, it's early. Um, no, yeah, man, yeah. it's early, man. <laughs> You're right about that, yeah. bud. You know, and it's it's a great, it's going to be a great day. But, you know, I, I'm listening, and, and, yeah, I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. The Saints appear to be very, very conservative. Um, you know, we we addressed the quarterback position. I think it was the right, once Deshaun Watson was out of there, I mean, uh, and I wasn't a fan a fan of giving up all those picks for getting him, but I, I think it was the right thing based with everything considered to go ahead and and and, and bring back uh, Winston. Still kind of concerned though. I know Trevor Simeon ended up leaving for the Bears, so now you got Taysom Hill and Ian Book. Um, I'd like to know what you think about that as far as draft related. But you got some holes. You got you know uh, with Taron Armstrong. Teron Armstead leaving. Now you got to address that. You got to worry about. Hey, this is a big one. What about uh, Alvin Kamara? Is it looking like mm-hmm. uh, are you kind of getting the that he's going to miss some some time? And 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 do we need to address the running back position in, in the draft? Um, also, real quick, want to point out, man, I'm really looking forward to the final four with Shushevsky uh, and, and North Car- versus Duke versus North Carolina. I think that's going to be such a wonderful game. But, uh, hey, man, 
to all the listeners and to yourself and Hannah Five Names. Y'all have a great day and uh, keep doing y'all thing later. Chris, appreciate the phone call, brother. Enjoy your day. Be safe out there. I'll answer those questions. I'll start off with Kamara. Yeah, he's going to give. He will be suspended. The NFL commissioner Roger Goodell has suspended players for far less, including players on the Saints roster. It will happen. More than likely, anywhere between four to six games. That's going to happen. So, as pertaining to running back, I've been talking about that for months. That is going to be an issue. That is a position of concern because Ingram filled in admirably. But he's not the same guy that he used to be. He's not the same player. Tony Jones Jr., bust. Yet another great example of great training camp story and preseason story. We get them every year out of New Orleans, and those guys ever rarely do anything. Ever rarely do anything. Hey, man, so-and-so looked really good in camp. Uh-huh. 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 See the Saints wide receiving core. Just a perfect example right there about that. But Tony Jones Jr., he wasn't very good last year. So more than likely, Chris, I think the Saints will probably address it with a mid to late round pick, figuring out the running back position. That's where they'll get their depth. Remember, Kamara was, what, a fourth round pick himself? So I could see them, based on how they scout, how Jeff Ireland evaluates talent coming out of college, I could see them saying, hey, there's a couple running backs we like. Let's bring them in. Let's draft them. Boom. Be done with it. And I think Jameis ended up being the right decision. Once again, this is a team that was a win away from making the playoffs. I mean, we forget that. Despite having to play Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, and Ian Book at quarterback last year, and the injuries that they suffered and not having Michael Thomas, this team still nearly made the postseason. Defense is pretty much intact. You miss Marcus Williams. I think they'll be fine there. They'll probably try to bring back P.J. Williams or still make a move there. But defense is going to be solid. But the team's health health and their depth is what prevented them from making the postseason last year. Offensive line's got to be addressed. You lost Armstead now. Mitch made it worse. Now you get Pete back at left guard. Old Pondwater. You bring in Doug Marone to fix the offensive line to coach him up, in particular Cesar Ruiz. But you you have depth issues. You got to at least have eight offensive linemen in the NFL. You got to have three guys that are reliable backups that can come in and go. And, and the Saints don't have that right now. They don't even know who their starting left tackle is. So you got to address that with the rest of free agency in the draft. You got to figure out what to do with your depth at running back. Bringing back Traquan Smith is someone who understands the offense. And he run blocks, which they love. I prefer to have wide receivers that can catch the ball over someone who can run block. That's just me. That's just me. I'm bold and daring that way. I want a guy lining up at wide receiver that can actually catch the football. Do I still think there's a move coming or two? Yes. They made they look, they created all that salary cap space for a reason. And I do not believe they thought they had a legit chance of bringing back Teron Armstead. Or Marcus Williams. I think they're probably targeting a wide receiver. And as for quarterback, the other question that Chris asked, 
you can't run Ian Book out there as your backup. You just can't. And Taysom has to be in the Joker role. Like you got a healthy Michael Thomas, you put Taysom back in that Joker role, and then you get you another wide receiver. You're going to be really set there because then Callaway can be your three or four option, and Hardy can be your three and four option. Little Jordan Humphrey can be your fifth option. So th- that's where they need to be. That's where they can thrive at in that role. But you still need to bring in another wide receiver. If you do that, you're good. I believe in Jameis Winston. He started to turn a corner. He put up good numbers, and that offense started to look better last couple games that he started before he suffered the injury that ended his season. So you'll be good with Winston. Wide receiving core comes back. If you add another guy there, fix the depth issue across the offensive line and find a running back in the draft, you could be a playoff team. But once again, it's just interesting their approach. They are playing it safe from their hires on the coaching staff to the guys they decided to bring back. None of it is splashy. None of it is sexy. None of it really moves the needle for the black and gold nation. But it could end up being the smart method. Could be the decisions that pay off in a long run. We'll see. We'll see if safe and sound does pay off. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do you think RP3 is the only nickname Ray has? Think again. There was Little Vainant. There was Little Foot, Little Bubba. There was LD, which stood for Little Dufo. There was Ray Dog. There was Ray Diggity Dog. There was Fish. There was Fish Face. There was RP3. There was even Ramundo from El Segundo. Back to the host with more nicknames than he knows what to do with. RP3, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, if you haven't signed up for the game rewards club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, you need to go do so today. Make today, Tuesday, March 29th, the day that you sign up. Because once you become a member of our clubhouse, hey, it's exclusive. Once you become a member, which is free to do so, by the way, you'll have the opportunity to score free stuff, great stuff, exciting stuff. Like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse down at Cypress Bayou. That's right. $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. Delicious, mouth-watering steaks. Adult beverages galore. They have a tremendous cigar room. You can take your lady out for a night on the town or just hang out with the fellas. Either way... You're going to have a great time at Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, but you can only win this $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club. Once again, at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Go sign up today. It's free to do so. 
Let off today's show talking about the New Orleans Saints, their conservative approach to things this offseason. How they've decided to go conservative and safe with their coaching hires and with the players they decided to bring back or even bring in. Obviously, the latest being Traquan Smith yesterday signing a two-year deal, only costing the team $6 million, $3 million guaranteed. That's it. Well, another guy that they brought back on a team-friendly deal, of course, is Jameis Winston. And Winston talked to the media yesterday. First time we've been able to have the opportunity to speak to the Saints quarterback. And he gave us an update on just how good he's feeling during his rehab process. I've been working. Man, you know, my mind has been focused on getting my knee healthy and, and coming back uh, stronger than, I ever, than I've ever been. It was challenging, missing, you know, the majority of the football season, really just focusing on my knee and focusing on my family. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of just shifted my mind away from football and focusing on my health and my family. This is a guy that wanted to be here, right? He humbled himself to become a member of the Saints, backing up Drew Brees, learning from Drew, learning from Sean Payton. Came back on a team-friendly deal last year, a little one-year deal. Now he's back on a two-year deal. And really, the, the offense started to turn a corner about five games in, but then Jameis got hurt. And this is someone who had opportunities elsewhere. This is someone other teams looked into bringing in. And he spoke about, you know, what does it mean to him to be back playing for the black and gold? I'm happy that, you know, the like I'm thankful for Miss Miss Benson and uh, and Mickey and Kai for giving me this opportunity to lead this organization again. And I'm forever grateful for, for them. So, but season, well, you know, career in the injury, um, that's not, that never crossed my mind. And, you know, people try to say, Oh, you know, this is 80. I'm, I'm 28 years old. I'm, I'm still young. I'm, I'm still healthy. Uh, and I'm, I'm just ready to go. So uh, just to, to show respect to them and for y'all and for that city of new Orleans, uh, I'm doing everything I can uh, to come back better and uh and healthy boy you can't tell that Jameis winston's from alabama y'all <laughs> man wants to be here and, and look we we forget that he, he made sure to remind us he's only 28 he's only 28 i mean it wasn't that long ago that he won a national title on a heisman trophy at florida state and was throwing for five thousand yards in the nfl for the bucks so He's confident. He's ready to be back. But obviously, it had to be a somewhat weird time for him because the Saints were openly flirting with trying to sign Deshaun Watson. And he talked about you know, what he was doing out there in free agency while the Saints were doing that. I think that was the best part of uh, this free agency process uh, with me is because there were a, a bunch of tough conversations uh, that I that I had with you know our coaches and with uh, the people in on the business side of everything and I and I know if their pursuit of Deshaun didn't happen I would not have been able to have that growth 
and that those conversations with those people in important roles. So I'm thankful. I, I'm actually thankful that uh, everything turned out that how it did, because we did have to have some tough, tough conversations. We did have to have conversations that, you know, probably that I didn't want to have or they, that they didn't want to have. But it ended up leading to this now. Uh, I'm here now. And that's what we have to focus on. Uh, and, and how can how can we lead this team to where we want to be and where we're capable of being? He says all the right things, doesn't he? Ever since he came over to New Orleans, he said the right things. He's not petty. He doesn't say anything like that. He doesn't say anything controversial. It's team first. It's all – there's a, a ton. You can hear it in his voice, the humility with Jameis. This could be a really good fit. Obviously – he hasn't had an opportunity to play and work with Michael Thomas. When healthy, one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL, we just haven't seen him for the last couple of years. And Jameis was asked, has he reached out? Has he communicated at all with the Saints star wide receiver? It, the conversation was congruent. It's, it's about actions, right? Like we can sit here and dream about uh, the matchup, but we got to go out there and, uh, and we have to make some work. And we have to do it. We have to make the splash. We have to make the simple plays. We have to make the big plays. We have to do everything that is that is made out to be, but not just talk it. We got to go and be about it because uh, I'm, I'm I'm definitely looking forward for that opportunity. Again, it translates back to Sean. Like we thought that we were gonna have Mike Thomas, and we didn't. Uh, so again, like how how did things change from that? We'll never know because it didn't happen. So uh, hopefully it happens this year. I know he ready and locked and loaded, uh, and I'm ready and locked and loaded. So. I'm ready to really make some shape there, and I can't continue to talk talk that up. And I just, I just, I'm just ready for it to happen. Man's tired talking about it. He's just ready to get to work. I would anticipate all the reports that you're hearing. Thomas is coming back. He's happy. He's raring to go. He can't wait to work with Jameis. I'd expect them to work those two to work together in the off season. I, I really do. I really do. Once again. All the Saints' moves have been safe, but they could prove to be smart. Just saying. We've got to take a time out. When we return, we're going to talk Final Four. The women's Final Four is set. The men's Final Four, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, is all chalk. How chalk is it? How tradition-rich is this Final Four for the men down in New Orleans? I'll share that with you. That's coming up next. Right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean, a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Ew. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and Company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants with the pants. Party with pants. Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Oh, the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. And when I say ultimate, I mean ultimate. It's brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish. A pot, a burner, a paddle, ice chest, tumbler, chairs, and to help get all your dipping sauce prepared properly, a $500 Visa gift card. You could also spend that Visa gift card on potatoes and corn. Sometimes you got to put some sausage in there too. Just saying. If that wasn't enough, ultimate crawfish boil, we're going to throw in Astros tickets. Yeah, that's right. Sacks of live crawfish. All the equipment you need to put on the crawfish bowl. $500 Visa gift card. Oh, and tickets to the Strohs. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from Jane Jake's Terminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Woo! We have a poll question of the day that's going to be unveiled shortly. It's the type of question that's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. It's the type of question that you're going to go, damn, I wasn't ready for that was not prepared to have to search my soul to answer this type of question. Producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, would you like to tell the folks what our poll question of the day is? Well, since you think I am just so fashion forward, my sunglasses on my jacket. Um, the say, poll- that, say that again, <laughs> nope, Valley Girl. Again. Nope. My so- sunglasses <laughs> on my jacket. Sound <laughs> like Caddy. <laughs> <laughs> Who is more fashion forward, RP3 or Hannah Five Names? I don't know who's already voting, but they already put neither. Because <laughs> you have three options. Myself. Okay. The big, bald, and beautiful one. Shout out to RP3. Yes. Or neither. <laughs> already. I'm going to vote neither. neither. <laughs> I love you, Five Names, but I'm voting I'm voting neither on our poll question of the day. I'm Sorry to tell you. It. Sorry to tell jeans, you. My Rubik's Cube. 100% say <laughs> neither already. So go vote on our poll question of the day. Who is more fashion forward? Is it yours truly, RP3, or is it the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names? Go vote now on our poll question of the day. Me, obviously. Leave your comments. On Facebook and Twitter. Uh, don't forget, I came in wearing rocking game polo and Magellan pants with no lace tennis shoes. She has this. Uh, turn, turn it on. Switch it over. If you're watching on the simulcast here in Acadiana on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. You will see five names rocking some sort of jacket. There's like, I don't know, there's... The Rubik's Cube. There's splatter paint everywhere. There's a mountain on there. What is this? A Rubik's Cube? It's a Rubik's Cube that was like, it was was dropped into like uh, water. So this is water. This is not... Why is the Rubik's Cube in water? 
Because it looks cool like that. But but you the stickers are going to come off the Rubik's Cube. You would no, ruin the won't. Rubik's Cube. W- wouldn't you? No, my Rubik's Cube stays perfectly <laughs> you, fine and intact. You spend time submerging your Rubik's Cube at home in water? No, but I've dropped it. And <laughs> the cat has knocked it over when I have put it on my window seal of my okay, kitchen. Okay, so you have a some type of hoodie where a Rubik's Cube is being dropped into water. Yes, because the picture looks cool and it makes it there we a go. cool design there on the go. jacket. And you're rocking sunglasses inside a studio with no windows. Yeah. While it's still dark outside. Because I forgot to grab them, I thought. And then I grabbed them and I have yet to put it in my purse. Uh, look, I mean, at, right off the top, you're probably far more fashion forward than I am. Yeah. Absolutely. I even... I'm even rocking my uh, my maroon shirt underneath that goes with my maroon Nikes. I hate to tell um, you, though. I hate to tell you. You're going to be challenged for the Fashion Forward title, though. Don't say by Mesh and by Miguez. Miguez has already <laughs> stepped up. Our new guy on the afternoons, Matt Miguez. We love him. He's already... He's so excited about the, the order of... Studio shirts. We we ordered new shirts. They're coming in, right? You're you're on the list too. Calm down. <laughs> you're getting shirts as well. Five I names. Hope so I've been here for <laughs> now. They won't have Rubik's cubes on them, no, dropped into water or whatever that's about. Which uh, Brody already says my jacket is awesome. So <laughs> boom, boom. Of course they're all going to come to your defense. They love you more than they do me. So Miguez has already said that whatever shirts he gets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now he's got a wedding to pay for later this year. He's getting married. He's graduating from college, so he's got a lot of stuff on on the you know a lot of stuff to take care of financially, right? Mm-hmm. He's already said whatever shirts he gets from us when they come in, he's going to buy shoes that match the shirt, color coordinated shoes to go with each game polo that he's going to be gifted by the station. That way it's an an entire look. And he spends some time on his hair. So you may be more fashion forward than yours truly. Mm -hmm. And you're definitely more fashion forward than Kevin. So you got the mornings on lock. But we got the guys on the afternoon that spend time on their hair probably more than you do. And they're talking about coordinating New sneakers to go along with station polo. So I'm just letting you know. See, but I don't need to go and buy new sneakers because let's see, we have the red shirt probably going to come in. So I have red shoes already. Um, black because the Saints. I have black shoes already. Uh, white. I have white Nikes already. Um, what are the colors we have to go with? I I, I don't know what what's been see? ordered. Oh, only oh. I don't really got is purple. What? Purple. I don't really got that. I was thinking of like what we y'all have, but I see you wear. So, purple's the only one I'm missing currently. So, purple, I was wearing white Converse. So, Oh, there boom. you go. Bo- I boom. I pay any money. Boom. <laughs> She's ready to go. Oh, man. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Who's more fashion for it? It should be obvious. It should be neither one of us. That's what I voted. Sorry, five names. You know I love you. Oh, it's man. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Let's talk final four. The women have now been set to go along with the men that wrapped up last night you already had south carolina and stanford traditional powers punch their tickets 
on Sunday on the women's side. They are already headed to Minnesota. But you had two more spots on the line last night. And one of them went to Louisville, a one seed, as they beat Michigan on Monday. But the other one was just wow. Just wow. What a classic game that was. Double overtime affair. A 1-2 seed battle as UConn, the most storied women's basketball program in history, punched their ticket for their record, extending their own record, 14th straight Final Four. Yeah, that's called consistency. 91-87 double overtime win over NC State. Once again, the women's Final Four is now set. UConn, Louisville, South Carolina, and Stanford will be playing this coming weekend up in Minnesota. The men's Final Four was set. And we talked about it yesterday, how it had a bit of a chalky feel to it. This is how the men's Final Four is going to look. And by the way, we'll be having some of the Final Four and the national title games for both the men and the women. We'll broadcast those live right here on the game. I will be down in New Orleans covering the Final Four on Saturday as well as the national title game on Monday. So we're going to have all types of coverage on this for you. And you're going to hear from the coaches later this week as they prepare for invading New Orleans and playing inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, which is no longer that. It's now the Caesar Superdome. My apologies. Duke, North Carolina. Tobacco Road rivalry will be taking place in the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. Coach K's farewell tour should be an electric matchup on that side of the bracket in that one semifinal game. This is what you got. Duke is now in their 17th Final Four. They've won five national titles and has finished as national runner-up six times. Once again, 17 Final Fours, five titles, six runner-ups. They're taking on North Carolina, who's making their 21st Final Four. They've won six titles, and they finished as runner-up five times. That's one of your semifinals. I mean, just 38 Final Fours between them. Between two schools. They've been to the Final Four 38 times times have won 11 titles and has finished as runner-up 11 times the other side not nearly as um, as immense with the history but a significant amount of history will be on display in new orleans in the other semifinal as the villanova wildcats take on the kansas jayhawks Villanova has been to the Final Four now seven times. They've won three national championships and has finished as national runner-up once. They're taking on a Kansas team that's making its 16th Final Four appearance. They've won three titles and finished as runner-up six times. Combined together, the four teams in the men's Final Four this year have won, just just wait for it, just wait for it. They've won 17 national championships, the four of them combined. They've all at least won three. 17 national championships. 
18 times they finished as national runner-up. And they have a combined, a combined 61 Final Fours. <laughs> There's no underdog in this scenario, by the way. This is going to be their tradition-rich programs. If you take out Villanova, you put in Kentucky, there you go, or you put in UCLA, there you go. Then you would have the four richest programs. Villanova has great history, and like I said, they've won three national titles. It is going to be the powerhouses battling it out in New Orleans, inside the Dome, on Saturday for a chance to advance to Monday night's national championship game. Whew. That's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of great basketball between the four schools. Carolina Duke, Tobacco Road for the first time in an NCAA tournament. Coach K farewell tour. Whew. It's gonna be a heck of a weekend. We gotta take a timeout. We will update the results on our poll question of the day. Just know this, if you're out there listening right now, whether it's in your car or on the free game mobile app on your Android or Apple device, or maybe you're checking us out on Google Home or Alexa, just know this, no matter which way you vote on who's more fashion forward, whether it's Hannah Five Names or your boy RP3 or neither one of us, just know this, we're still going to love you. We're not going to hold it against you. And it's not going to hurt our feelings. Because we'll just keep doing what we do. We'll just keep doing what we do. Go vote on that poll question of the day. Let's have some fun with it. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Poll question of the day. Inspired by the fact that producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names decided to be bold today with some type of avant-garde hoodie design. It's a Rubik's Cube in water, but it looks like, I don't know, she someone splatter painted her and she walked in. I don't know. Plus, she wore sunglasses inside a building in the dark. Who is more fashion forward, RP3 or Hannah Five Names? Right now, 42% of you say neither. of peace say five names in RP3. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter as well. Just make sure you keep them clean for the kids, guys. Got to take a timeout. Hour number two, right around the bend. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
See, I don't have to worry about being fashion forward. When you've got dance moves like this, oh, there it is. What? What? You don't have to be fashion forward. When you move like I do, being the big, bald, and beautiful one, do you have to be fashion forward? Or does all of this, as I just knocked the headphones off my head because I'm so smooth, <laughs> it does not matter. This dance literally going side to side and side to side and side to side. Uh, I got I got one dance move. That's it. That's it. I got one dance move. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parts the Third. I'm joined here by the fashionista extraordinaire and producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. Why did he sing that? <laughs> We yeah, we need to we need to address the elephant in the room to lead off hour number two here on RP three and company. You're going to be married soon, uh huh. So technically, right now, you actually by law have five names. Yes. What's going to happen when you get married? Is are you going to take Kenneth's name and become Hannah six names? Are you going to drop a few names or? Or you can be bold and daring. Once again, you are wearing sunglasses inside a studio with no windows. Are you going to be bold and daring and make him take your five names? Ooh. Um, I am not that bold and daring. <laughs> um, this is five years in the making. Actually, five years and, and two months, actually. Um, but so that is a really big question, a really big uh, argument in my own head. Uh-oh. Because... There's been many thoughts of options for this because I always thought, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm become, I'll have four names because I'll have Hannah Grace, Olivia Morton. Okay. Yeah. Coming salty, actually. For real. Um, or second option is to take off the drop Olivia, my middle name, and put my Adams liver in there. So I actually stay Hannah five names. Or the optical illusion of, as I said, have four names, but still be called Hannah Five Names. I see. I see. But that one makes said, why don't you make it A-L? No, that's not happening. That would be A-L hyphen Gordon. That's not how, no. That is, no. So. Matter what, you will still call me Hannah Five Names. No matter if I have five or six or four. But six is not happening. Six. It's already too much trying to write all of that. They're like, what's your full name? No. I can only imagine what your checks look like. Just all those names. Yeah. <laughs> all those names. So you really haven't had a conversation with your husband-to-be about him just taking your name. You know, if that happens. It's, it's, you know, some of the ladies like to keep their name or have their man just take their name. Yeah, but then I need to take two names. And he already technically has, he has three and a quarter because he's, a junior so then you become Kenneth Ed Morton Adams Laverne uh, Kenneth Ed Adams Laverne Jr. or I don't even know <laughs> so oh man but I'm getting a box they actually have a thing where you can order a box of calling like new name box or something like that or Mrs. Miss Mrs. something like that and it gives you all the documents already stamped and everything of where that all has to go to change your name everywhere that's convenient. Right. 
I have to figure out how much it is I can. Why don't you take this opportunity just to change your name altogether? Just drop all the other names. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be Phoebe like. (laughs) Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. Hammock. Yes, you just change it completely. (laughs) Poll question of the day. Who is more fashion forward? Producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names or your boy RP3? Or you could also vote neither or neither, depending on how you want to say it. Right now, 38% say RP3. 37% say neither. 25% of you say five names. Salty Steve has chimed in, as he typically does. I've been waking up at 4.30 a.m. every day for a long time. Fashion is the last thing you think of. I just hope I remember to put my pants on. <laughs> Ton on Twitter says, I've seen RP3's fashion selections, and Five Names seems like she doesn't care about fashion, even though she can look red carpet worthy when the occasion calls for it. Red carpet worthy when the occasion calls for it. I think that's appealing to my picture from my award ceremony. Yes. I actually got dressed up and stuff. That's very, very stylish of you. And when you graduated. I did. Don't forget about that. Brody has chimed in. Hannah's jacket is awesome. See? Hold him. Mm-hmm. Coach Eric Howard says, both of you rival Jalen Rose draft, draft outfit fashion expert. <laughs> You're too young to know that reference, but I appreciate Coach for that one. We have one comment on Facebook. <laughs> when I'm we have skip time, over that when right we now. have time, I'm going to pull up Jalen Rose's draft night. That is epic. Hold on. You, what, what's this comment on Facebook? Richie Brown says RP3 had me at Magellan shorts. Dad attire for the win. <laughs> oh, yes, right here. I'm <laughs> rocking them right now. They're pants. That's why if you hear silence, you can unzip them. You, you can, can unzip them to make them shorts. Of course you can. They're comfortable. Don't be knocking the dad gear. <laughs> you know, it's a struggle. Jokes. It's a struggle for us. <laughs> I just tell dad jokes. It's fine. You know who else loves the Magellan gear? Who? Oh, Footsie. Of course, Footsie does. <laughs> no one. I asked him that when we went to Pensacola because, you know, he packs nothing. It, it's, it's so funny with Kevin. He's got the station shirts. He's got all these Magellan fishing shirts and then sweater vest. That's my man's that's my man's wardrobe right there. And all blue jeans. That's it. <laughs> that it's it's Magellan Magellan pocket shirts, game polos, and sweater vest and blue jeans. And that's my man's attire. Mm-hmm. I respect it. Yep. I respect it. He's dedicated to his certain style. He owns his style. Do you own your style? Do you own wearing that hoodie? Yes. Me and Kath actually got matching ones. Oh man, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you this. I'm gonna send you the Jalen Rose draft night attire. It is legendary. <laughs> you're, you're gonna enjoy this five names. I'm just loving all these answers. <laughs> we got some more. They keep chiming in. Don't yes. They? All right. What you got? Let's see. Uh, Technically, Katie Anna says listening to YouTube basically boils down to RB3 yelling, get off my lawn, and five names yelling back, okay, boomer. <laughs> and then JPK, ah. the OD, says they are radio people and they're TV people, but I would give the edge to five names. She's young and plenty of room to grow. Sorry, RB3, but I think that die is cast. 
with a gif of, I don't know who the little kid is, but he's has his headphones on like he's like doing my job. It's okay. Look, I, I, you get to a certain point, and it's game over. It's game over. All of a sudden, you wake up one day, and you no longer can go out to bars and stuff because you're the old man. You can't dance anymore. You have a kid. You know, it, it's over. You're spending time watching Vampirina or, you know, DuckTales reboot. You know, <laughs> you, you don't, you don't, you, you, you don't have time to be hip and cool anymore. But like all things that are coming, things are coming back though that are like from my childhood, probably even from yours. They're like, oh, I have an LOL doll. But then they're also like, I have a Little's Pep Shop. And I'm like, that's it. Little's Pet Shops. That's where you go. That's where you go. That's LOL dolls. That's where you go. But I'm really hoping that at some point Heidi gets on the trail of the mini brands because I would love to see you finding like tall tubs of butter that's like not even an inch tall instead of your regular tub of butter. I think it'd be hilarious. Why are you trying to make my life difficult (laughs) with the butter? (laughs) That'd be funny. (laughs) No, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Have you seen the mini brands thing? It's no, like whole, they have like a mini version of everything, like Dial soap and Hershey's chocolate syrup and butter and why cheese spray because it's funny. <sighs> I guess I've gone too far. People actually like make food on like tiny pans, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what we're doing so anymore. So Jalen Rose is the guy on the left, correct? Yes. I'm assuming so. Yes. And Daniel, um, David Stern is your your former NBA commissioner. Look at that suit. Just look at that mid-90s to late-90s suit game. Baggy, mm-hmm. big, and bold. Yeah. Oh, the pinstripes, too. Oh, and the, and the pinstripes as well. I would rock that. Kenneth has a pinstripe suit, actually. You can I wear this? Uh, I say you're not wearing that. Sorry. I'm not wearing that. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, look, you get to a certain age, you can't be fashionable anymore. Look, we went to the ballet over the weekend. I put, I put on a dress shirt. Nice slacks, not Magellan pants, dress shoes, and a sport coat. Yeah. So yeah, I can, I can, I can, you know, I can dress up from time to time. But, you know, being fashionable, no. No, Sarah, I'd be in my house no. where I can wear like some gym shorts and usually Kenneth's shirt because they're bigger. So I get to good look, do my hands and wave them around because you can't why, see them. Why are you waving your arms around like a T Rex? That's what I do. I go around the house because the shirts are bigger than mine. So I just sit there and I wave my arms around like this because you can't see my hands. You're ridiculous. To me, it's fun. You're ridiculous. I'm sorry. You're I so didn't ridiculous. get dressed up. Y'all have seen that dress. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. I've already voted. I've let you know how I feel about this. I think neither. I think neither. Obviously, five names is the more fashion forward of us on the morning show. But, I mean, it doesn't matter who wins this poll question. You do realize this. We got got the afternoon guys planning to buy shoes that coordinate with the station polos they're going to receive. Because they're special. Because they're special, she says. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. I mean, James had us literally had me and Miguez on Friday crying 
laughing so hard because he was trying to read to record his two-minute drill, and he couldn't even read the words on the page. So we were sitting there just laughing because he just he couldn't keep himself together. He told me how to get out. Oh, you three, you three. And I do, and I texted it to Katie Anna. I I do feel like the old man on my lawn because we're on a group thread for the station. (laughs) And I got three, I got three employees under the age of 24 and they just start going back and forth. And and I'm just like, I I just look at my phone and there are times I just look at my phone and I just, I just put it down. I just, I just, I I put it down. I'm like. I'm like, I need. is there NCIS for me to watch or rerun to watch? Let me pull that up. Is there some HGTV that I can squeeze in before I pass out of my recliner? Welcome to my 40s. We got to take a timeout. Keep those folks coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter as well. And hotline is open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to the ever so fashionable duo of rp3 and hannah five names this is rp3 and company on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station time to open up the ball for the games this day in sports history march 29th 1998 The Tennessee women's basketball team wins its third straight national title by defeating Louisiana Tech 93-75. The victory completes an undefeated 39-0 season for the Volunteers. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, do you want to see some of the most elite dunkers and exceptional ball handlers on the planet? The world-famous Harlem Globetrotters are returning to the Cajun Dome on Tuesday, a week from tonight. And you can see them live. I already got my tickets. Going to go. Hattie's very excited. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, is giving away a four-pack of tickets for the family-friendly show. How do you win them? Simply text Trotter. T-R-O-T-T-E-R to 68683 to win tickets to see the Globe Trotters live in the Cajun Dome. Once again, text Trotter to 68683 to win a family four-pack of tickets to see the Harlem Globe Trotters live at the Cajun Dome, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time is running out, though. This contest, this giveaway ends on Thursday. So if you want to score those tickets to go see the Harlem Globetrotters, you need to get them in now. Once again, text TROTTER to 68683 to score that family four-pack of tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters a week from tonight at the Cajun Dome. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on the Mr. Green, a.k.a. Jamie, known in some circles in St. Landry Parish School System as the third most fashionable teacher in the district. Good morning, sir. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Third. If I was the third most fashionable 
teacher in the district, I'd probably be in pretty good shape, but I don't even think I'm the 30th, so there's that. <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> bud. Come on. You know, I can, I, I've always had the opinion that I look good every day, just some days are better than others, right? So I guess that's what I'll just stick with. Love that confidence. That's what you got to have. That's what you got to have. <laughs> What's on your mind, brother? Oh, look, man, first of all, I wanted to go into the poll question of the day. Uh-oh. And uh, originally I was going to I was gonna say, you know, I, I, I was going to go with neither. But then I heard what you wore to the ballet. And that kind of has to give the edge to Miss Five Names. Because you can't go to the ballet in a sports coat and slacks. You got to go in a suit. Or better yet, a tuxedo. Take it from a guy who has sung opera and been in opera and attended opera, attended ballet. You got to look even better than good. So I got to give the Edgemas five names down. That makes me sad because I wanted to have you back. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> have a great day, bud. <laughs> Y'all see you. First of all, your frenemy came to your side and voted for you. Yeah. Also, Shout out to Jamie for flexing it up there on the phone call about all the times he's been to the ballet or in a ballet or in an opera or attending the opera. A little bit of a flex there. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. How do you feel about this alliance now between you and Mr. Green? I think it's fantastic. Ooh, will it We've last? We've had this love hate relationship. Will it for last? So long? That is a good question. I don't know. <laughs> um, it depends on our poll question tomorrow. <laughs> will it last? Nope, it will not. Because you'll do something, or you'll say something, and he'll come up against you. And then, you know, y'all be immortal enemies again. Frenemy, your best frenemy, Mr. Green, Jamie. Let's talk a little Raging Cages while we have a few moments here on RP3 and Company. Matt Deggs and Jerry Glasgow, both of their teams had good weekends on the diamond. Jerry's team swept UTA, crushed their faces. Like 27 to 1 combined score over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two of the games ended. All, all three of the games ended prematurely. They mercy ruled the poor Mavericks to death. Matt Deggs's guys look like they got back on trap. Maybe they actually turned a corner as they took two or three from arch rival South Alabama there at the Teague. Now, Matt Deggs's team... They're going to be back in action tonight on the road at Southeastern. Remember, these two teams faced off earlier this year at the Teague, went to extra innings, Cajuns prevailed. That was our first midweek game of the season. And Southeastern just took it on the chin as Nichols beat them up, roughed them them up over the weekend. So, Cajuns on the road in Hammond tonight and then down in New Orleans to take on UNO on Wednesday night. And Deggs spoke on a slew of different things. But he also talked about, you know, a standard. And they have a standard there with the program. And, you know, obviously he inherited that from Tony. But he also talked about there is a fine line of trying to meet a certain standard as a program. That's not just my standard. That's a UL baseball history standard. So that's where we need to get to. 
and you're not going to get there being generous and not being able to put guys away at the right time or, or come up with the big hit or make an awareness play. We've got a lot to get better at. Got a lot to be better at. Well, once again, we, we spoke on this yesterday that he's not satisfied yet. It feels like they turned a corner. But once again, as it stands right now, March 29th at 727 in the morning, the Raging Cajun baseball program is below 500 overall and in conference play still. Yeah, they beat South Alabama over the weekend, but they're still a losing program right now this season. So Matt Deggs is not satisfied. He believes they have fallen below the expectations not only for himself, but what Coach Robe had and what fans expect for this program to be. So he's still taskmaster. He's still going to get after it and still have them work on things that they need to get better. This week, they got five games. I already mentioned the two midweek games that they're going to have. Then they're going to have Georgia Southern come back to the Teague for a three-game set this weekend in conference play. That's five games in a week. And Coach Deggs was asked, how much of a chore is having to play that many games in just a few days? Well, it depends on if you hit. I mean, if you hit, you can cover some stuff up in these weeks. You know, if it is a five-game week, odds are a couple of those teams probably are in a five-game week. And you need to take advantage of some of that pitching and uh, have a great approach, reach base, score runs, drive them in. So, yeah, it can. we're just going to have to have some guys step up that are more capable of it. Going to have to, yeah. When you play that many games, the bats have to be there because your pitching is going to be spread thin because you're you're playing five games in, you know, six days. So you're going to have to have your bats. And that's what Deggs is known for. And that's what the Cajuns are the best at so far this season is raking. So they're going to have to be on point if they want to keep building momentum off the weekend from South Alabama. I mentioned the first time these two teams met, Southeastern and Louisiana. That was earlier this season, first midweek contest. It was at the Teague. It went extra innings. And Deggs was asked yesterday, does he believe that the Lions are going to come out with a certain level of pride, especially them playing at home? Yeah, I don't. I never look at that stuff, really. It's it's uh, because baseball, when it's approached from a mature standpoint, it's, it's day-to-day, man. You don't know. If you watched us play at Troy, who'd have thought we'd take two out of three and have a chance to sweep against South Alabama? Baseball's day-to-day. It's a, it's a crazy game. Anything can happen. You're a play, a call, or this, or that, away from turning the season or just crashing. You know, I guess that's why, you know, college baseball is such a fun game. For the softball program, they're going to be on the road taking on Texas tomorrow, and they'll have an opportunity to get that signature win. They've lacked that. They went 0-2 against LSU, went 0-2 against Alabama, went 0-2 against Texas the first time. Sunbelt is not exactly filled with world beaters this season yet again. And the Cajuns have already dropped a couple games in conference play, which is typically not like them, especially against the likes of Georgia State and Georgia Southern. So Coach Glasgow was asked, is there going to be a difference in his approach, in his team's approach, when they take on the Longhorns yet again on Wednesday this week? I hope we're more mature. I feel like our ball club is growing up and becoming a more mature ball club. So, yeah, I hope there's a difference in our approach, and I hope there's a difference in our results. But, you know, we'll play the game and we'll see. Jerry, sometimes when I hear Jerry, it just doesn't sound confident, but then that's just Jerry. That's just how he sounds. Well, we'll see. 
We'll see. Now, big four-game road trip on tap for the Raging Cajun softball program. They're going to be Texas, and then it's going to be Texas State after that for some Sun Belt Conference action this coming weekend. And Coach Glasgow talked about the upcoming road trip for his team. Four games there, and I think we have to come back three and one. I don't know that it matters which game we lose, but I think we have to win three out of the four. And if we you know, come back two and two or less, I think it's going to be a disappointing road trip for us. And obviously we'd love to win. We'd love to, to beat Texas, but the Texas State Series is really critical. So I don't know that any one game is more important than the other, but it's a great opportunity for us. And I did feel like we, we competed well except for that one big inning, but that one big inning has been a consistent issue. So I, th- I think that, you know, it's, it's just an opportunity for us to go out and, and compete against a really good team in Texas. The, the difference right now is Texas playing really well. When they came here last time, they were struggling to find their identity, and now they found it, and they're playing really well. So we'll make no mistake, we're going to be playing a, a really hot Texas team, which is, is good for us and a great opportunity for us. So Cajun softball team on the road, Texas, and then Texas State. See if they can build some momentum off for that UTA sweep that they had over the weekend. And the baseball team took two or three from South Alabama. Can they keep that moving with a couple of midweek games against Southeastern and UNO on the road tonight and tomorrow? And then back at home against Georgia Southern this coming weekend. We got to take a timeout. When we return, best-selling author Chris Lamb is going to join us. Great new book that he has out, Stolen Dreams. The 1955 Cannon Street All-Stars and Little League Baseball's Civil War. Good stuff. Good read. We'll talk to Chris coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on RP3 and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love. Baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer, but we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and company on, on the, the game. game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parch the third, better known as RP3, joined here, of course, as always, by the producer extraordinaire, Hannah. Five names. We have a poll question of the day. Please go vote on it. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean, okay? Let's not get social media police involved today. Uh, let's, let's have a good day. Y'all behave yourself, because I know sometimes we get salty with one another. So go vote on that. We'll update that before we close out hour number two on today's show. But right now, it's time for us to welcome on our first guest of today. 
He is a best-selling, acclaimed author. His works include Conspiracy of Silence, Sports Writer, and the Long Campaign to Desegregate Baseball, as well as Sports Journalism, A History of Glory, Fame, and Technology. His latest book is called Stolen Dreams, the 1955 Cannon Street All-Stars and Little League Baseball's Civil War. It's our privilege to welcome to the program Mr. Chris Lamb. Chris, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Good morning, Raymond. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So let's let, let's start off because uh, this is a, a fascinating subject, a, a fascinating topic of discussion. And uh, my first question to you is, how did you come across the story and what inspired you to tell the story of the Cannon Street All-Stars? Well, I came across the story by a guy I went to uh, church with, and he told me about it. And then he said that this one fella had been had been researching it and I needed to talk to him. And and this guy's name is Gus Holt, who had been researching and I met with Gus and and he had been living with it for decades. And um and then I was and then I was in Charleston at that time. I wasn't sure I wanted to write it and then I because I was I'm always working on something. And then I moved up to Indianapolis and I couldn't get this story out of my mind about these you know these, you know these kids living in Jim Crow Charleston. These and they're playing on the, on an all star team in the first black in the first black little league team in South Carolina, and and on that, and they live in a poverty. They they don't many of them don't have indoor plumbing, but they got baseball, and they're told on this all star team you're going to keep playing as long as you keep winning and. And you might go all the way to Williamsport, Pennsylvania, for the Little League World Series, and they're so excited because now they got hope. And but this doesn't happen. Their uh, you know, their dreams are stolen, and their souls are forever scarred because of, of racial discrimination. At that time, you know, in the book, you document how you know here they are. They're a YMCA All Star team, and they try to make their way and. At that time, they were advancing, getting close to get to the Little League World Series because teams, instead of playing them, were simply forfeiting games. And uh, that that stood out to me was and they didn't even decide to take the field against the the Cannon Street All-Stars. Well, Gus Holt would tell me that the white parents, the white adults, because really the white kids would have played, uh, the white adults were afraid that that nobody wants to be the first white kid to lose to a black kid in a great American game of baseball. And, the, and one thing we need to keep in mind is this is right after Brown versus Board of Education. And Brown versus Board of Education ends school segregation, and it's this bomb that goes off in the, in the Deep South. And at that point, uh, people become very resistant. And I said, they go to the tournament, and the, the first tournament there in Charleston, all the white teams pull out, and they went on forfeit. And then they go to the state tournament, and the same thing happens. The same thing happens. All the white teams pull out, and the black team and, and the Cannon Street All Stars. You know, then they go to Rome, Georgia, and in Rome, Georgia, the tournament officials say, "Hey, you know, to advance, you have to win on the field. You can't win by forfeit. So you guys are ineligible." And 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 even though for no fault of their own, they're basically ineligible, and that's the end of the season. Uh, Little League Baseball says, you know, it's our rules that say there's no racial discrimination. 
it's our charter that says you can't discriminate against a team because of racial reasons, but it's also our rules that say you have to win you know, your, uh, your way there. So this is, it's catch-22 that these 12-year-olds get caught up in. So my question to you, and based on the research that you do that that you've done in the book, so they they forfeit teams forfeit to 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 get there. Uh, they they refuse to play the Cannon Street All Stars. They finally get to the uh, I guess that would be the highest point, the highest level of a tournament to get to the Little League World Series. Was there something happening behind the scenes where the, they decided to hey look we need to nip this in the bud we can't have a team of young African-American boys make it to Williamsport. We're going to nip this in the bud. Is that what happened? Uh, Raven, that's the first time anybody's asked me that question, and that's a great question, and you're absolutely right. There's a lot of politics going on here. Um, There's a lot of – I mean, this is right before – this is a month or two before Emmett Till is murdered. There is so much violence going on in the South. You know, the Southerners don't want – the idea that 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 uh, that integration is being pushed on them—it's so delicate. Uh, we've got Strom Thurmond in South Carolina, and we've got everybody's got to stand up. We can't allow the, uh, uh, the feeling was we can't allow integration anywhere, and if we allow it in Little League Baseball, then the next thing you know, we're going to have. You know, blacks will be coming to our schools, they'll be coming to our swimming pools, they'll be coming to our parks, they'll be coming to our colleges. So so you're absolutely right, Raymond. Yes, there was this there was this feeling of we even though it's little league baseball, we can't we have to stop it right now. We're talking to best selling author Chris Lamb, his latest Stolen Dreams, the nineteen fifty five Cannon Street All Stars and Little League Baseball Civil War is available, and that's what we're talking about right now. Now, you know, obviously this becomes a, a story, even a national story at the time, but as you document in the book, Chris, the story goes away. It kind of dies, and it becomes forgotten. You mentioned that someone talked to you about this at church. This is a story that kind of survived based on just people keeping it alive orally, right? Just passing down the story of the team. Yeah, these kids come back. Now, they go up. The uh, Little League Baseball tries to mollify the situation by saying, hey, why don't you guys come up and you can watch and you can be our guests for the finals of the of Little League World Series, which is kind of a cruel thing to do, but their their intentions were good. So they go up there. On the way back, on the way back, on their bus trip back to Charleston is when Emmett Till is, is lynched and murdered. And they get back, and these kids realize how close they came to their dreams, and then they see white kids living their dreams. And they come back, and they don't talk about it. They're, they're traumatized by this. They go back to school. They deal with their stuff, and they just don't talk about it, and they're forgotten. And, and they spend the next decade trying to repress this. And then this fellow named Gus Holt, who I mentioned before, you know, he, he, you know, he in the 1990s, so 30, 40 years have passed, and his kid now. It, now, what happened was Little League Baseball left the South, and it was replaced by Dixie uh, Dixie League Baseball. And Dixie League Baseball eventually becomes integrated. And Gus Holt's son Lawrence is playing, and he makes the All Star team, and he shows off his All Star uniform. He's so proud to his dad, and his dad sees the Confederate flag, and his and, it, and 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 his dad can't believe it. So he starts investigating the history of Dixie League Baseball and finds the tears of the Cannon Street ball players. So then. 
you know, then he organizes this reunion of the Cannon Street ballplayers. He brings Little League Baseball back to Charleston, and, and, and he wants to take the, the, the former Cannon Street players to uh, Williamsport, you know, to have them be celebrated there. And he finds out his kid Lawrence has, has a brain tumor. And so everything comes apart. And it, as it turns out, Lawrence eventually dies. And Gus is heartbroken, but Gus sort of lives on with the memory of Lawrence and the memory of the Cannon Street All-Stars and eventually takes the team back to the Little League World Series in Williamsport in 2002 where they, are, where they receive a standing ovation and, and, and they are celebrated. Chris, let me ask you this. When you're doing the research with the book, when you're doing the interviews, you know, you mentioned that a lot of the players kind of just buried it and didn't want to talk about it and almost treated it as it didn't happen for a long time. How much of a challenge was it to get them to sit down and talk to you and, and share their stories and, and share their challenges and, the, you know, uh, everything, all the emotions involved with this story? Well, you know, the emotions are, are right, Raymond. That's what it, I, it, you, know, you know, these guys cried and, they're, and they were in their 70s. When it, all this stuff came, it, they, they thought about the memories. They thought about, you know, when they went to Williamsport in 1955, and they're introduced before the finals of the game. And, and, and they hear all the – because, as, as you mentioned, it's a national story, and all of these, these white adults watching the game are cheering, let them play, let them play, let them play. And one of the players, John Rivers, you know, for the Cannon Street All-Stars, became a very accomplished architect. And he says – I can still remember those cheers to this day, wow. and that's been 65 years. What's the one thing that you would like people to take away from this from this book, Stolen Dreams, the 1955 Cannon Street All-Stars and Little League Baseball Civil War, Chris? Well, I want people to recognize that, 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 that you know, racism did exist. And just because we, we have, you know, black kids and white kids playing together, it did exist, and we need to recognize that. And, and by recognize it, you know, we're not trying to change history. We're not trying to make people feel bad about themselves, because that's two generations of go People now, we've, we've, we've grown a lot to our racism, but we need to understand it. And we also need to celebrate the fact that sports has long served as a meritocracy. What we're, we're sports more than any other part of society, uh, uh, you know, judges you on how you are as an athlete and how you perform as an athlete and less on this on the on on the color of your skin. Chris, appreciate your time. Before I let you go, bud, tell the people where they can go to get themselves a copy of Stolen Dreams. Well they can get it at any Barnes and Noble. They can get it at uh, they, they can get it it's available on Amazon. The book comes out April first. Chris, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And uh, it's a tremendous read. I can't wait to finish it. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck with the book. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Raymond. That's Chris Lamb, best-selling author. His latest, Stolen Dreams, the 1955 Cannon Street All-Stars and Little League Baseball Civil War comes out later this week. I'm telling you, if you love history, you love baseball, you're going to like this. I've already started reading it. Not to worry, five names. I'll let you borrow it. I know. I see you over there. You're kind of like, can I get my hands on a copy? I'll let you borrow mine. I was wondering how many books you're reading right now. 
I, 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 I do a lot of reading. Once again, I'm the old man, as we established <laughs> earlier. I, I, I am the old man. I spend, I spend free time reading. Because I'm looking at your bookmark of where you are in Stolen Dreams. And we just had another co-author yesterday for That's Red correct. James, James R. Walker. Yes. And so I saw the where you bookmarked in that book. So I don't know how you book you are currently reading thing. at the same I, time. I do a bad thing where I'll, I'll be reading at the same time. So I'll start one and I'll read a little bit to do some research and then I'll start another and then I'll circle back around them and finish yeah. them off. Yes. Because you have like four books in your desk right now. But I'm trying to find that one book. I like to read. Like three other ones. <laughs> I can't help it. I like to read. We got to take a time out. We'll update the poll question of the day when we come back here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, man. Good conversation there with author Chris Lamb. Good stuff there. Once again, if you're a fan of history or baseball or both, pretty much if you're a fan of baseball, you're a fan of history. It kind of goes hand in hand. You have to check out Stolen Dreams. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good one. You're going to enjoy it. comes out later this week, April 1st. Next hour, back-to-back guests. Well, no, we only have two guests. So it's not back-to-back, but we have two guests. I know. Sometimes I get confused. Five names. I'm intimidated by the poll question of the day right now. I'm sh- sh- my confidence has been shooken. Jarrett Rozier will be joining us at 8 o'clock, talking the latest in recruiting, in particular LSU men's basketball, how the coaching change is impacting that, as well as some football recruiting notes. And then Ali Cassell. We're going to talk about the Pelicans. They're no longer the Pelicans. That'll be coming up at 8.30. Right now, let's look at that poll question of the day. Based, inspired, if you will, on Hannah Five Names being fashion forward today with a hoodie that features a Rubik's Cube in a water. I don't I still don't understand why that's a thing. Because it is. That's why. And wearing her sunglasses inside a studio with no windows. <laughs> <laughs> we asked you who's more fashion forward. RP3 or Hannah Five Names? 40% say five names, but 40% of you also say neither. 20% say yours truly. Thank you. Y'all are being sweet out there, but that's that's <laughs> that's just not that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Not even my wife would go that I'm fashion forward. You know, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. <laughs> oh, Ton has chimed in with a Futurama gif, and I'm here for it all day long. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. We're having fun with it. Who's more fashion forward? Hannah Five Names, yours truly, or neither one of us fashion forward? Me. Just saying. Just saying. Just me. Just It's just you? Mm-hmm. Just you. What if I came in tomorrow wearing a crush velvet light blue tuxedo with top hat and cane? I'm talking dumb and dumber look. I'm talking ultra fancy. What would you do then? Who would be fashion forward then? Who would be the bold and daring one then? Well, so you're telling me this. So if you come in like that tomorrow, I will come in even better. 
Even better than yes. Crush Velvet Pastel Blue Tuxedo yes. with top hat and cane? Not possible. Yes. Not possible. Makeup done, hair curled. Don't know how to curl my hair, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> you can ask my wife. She curled our <laughs> daughter's hair for the pageant on Saturday. I even have a curling wand. I still don't to use that thing. <laughs> My wife is cringing right here. now. If she's listening. She's like, what do you mean you don't know how to use your curling iron? Nope. Nope. Yes, the former the, the former salon owner that's still inside my wife. Is she probably, can teach me if she wants to. It's listening. <laughs> Five names. I'll take care of it. <laughs> I'll be getting a text. That's I'll why take care I have, of it. I have somebody doing my hair and makeup for my wedding because I can't curl that. <laughs> I know what I want. But I'm like, I can't do that. We got to take a timeout. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three coming up. We'll kick it off with Jarrett Rozier. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. People may think Hannah Five Names is more fashion forward than yours truly, the big, bald, and beautiful one. But do you have these dance moves? What? No one dances better sitting in a chair than yours truly. Facts. You're just shaking back and forth. That's all right. First of all, there is a method. It is nuanced the way I shake it in the chair. Okay. Okay. Even Jared is laughing. I'm just saying. First of all, Jared is laughing because he understands that you making fun of me is is it's a losing battle. He understands yeah. because he knows how the people love, crave, need RP3 on a dance floor. The electric slide. Watch out. I'm taking over the dance floor at a wedding. Just saying. Just saying. Do you own the dance floor during the electric slide during a wedding reception? Yeah, I think not. I Not. will on April 15th, 2023. To, I'm going to Boom. show you up on April 15th, 20, 2013, 2023, wow. whatever year. <laughs> it's next year. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Don't let the fact that I'm a large fella fool you <laughs> that I don't have dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could record the simulcast <laughs> so badly. Do I wish we could record uh, this? Welcome back to RP3 and Company. Uh, our poll question of the day: It's the one that could possibly tear this show apart. <laughs> Who's the most fashion forward? Who's more fashion forward? Is it the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names, or is it your boy? The big, bald, and beautiful one, RP3. 
That's our poll question today. It's inspired by the fact that Five Names comes in with a Rubik's Cube in water splashing around hoodie and the fact that she wore her sunglasses inside the studio. That's what inspired this. So we asked you, who's the more fashion forward of the two? Right now, 43% of you say neither. (laughs) That's who I vote. That's what I voted for. 38% says five names, only 19% for your boy, yours truly, RP3. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just, you know, just be nice about it. That's all we ask. Apparently, I need to go help uh, James Harden. <laughs> so Mark Janak is telling me to do. <laughs> but right now, it's time for us to welcome on our next guest. Uh, speaking of fashion forward, this man's got style for days. Trust me. Trust me, you and I could learn a little something from our next guest. He's a recruiting analyst, a reporter. I've nicknamed him Mr. Worldwide. It's our good friend, the one and only Jared Rozier. Jared, good morning, brother. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you all this Tuesday? I'm doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. Even though the people may not think I'm more fashion forward, that's okay. That's okay. I have dance moves. I have dance moves. That's what I bring to the table, bud. Two of my takeaways from that intro were that you talking about being a great dancer in the chair felt like the biggest like dad claim. <laughs> uh, it was such a dad move just overall. Um, <laughs> got these sweet seated moves that no one can keep up with. But you were 100% right when you, you say that, that Hannah stands no chance trying to keep up with you in, in this argument because at the end of the day, it's you, you know then your name is in the name of the show and so when when it comes time to start arguing uh oh start dropping some cards there oh oh roger she 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 just crossed her arms she just crossed her arms <laughs> just mean, as easily like hit the end meeting for all button i'm just letting you know or turn off the production Cute. It gets tough. It gets tough. When when they put your name in the signage, you start to have a little bit more power. <laughs> oh, oh, she's just looking at the screen. You don't you can't even see her, but she's looking at you. Uh, <laughs> uh Jarrett, let's talk uh the latest bud with LSU basketball roster turnover. We expected this, right? Coaching change, especially when you fire one coach, it's it's even more so. Uh, we know yeah. the starting uh, backcourt is in the transfer portal. Eason has decided to enter his name into the NBA draft. He could be a lottery pick. Uh, Shaq's boy is apparently entering the transfer portal as well. What's the latest you can tell us about the comings and goings of the LSU basketball roster? Yeah, you're absolutely right that in in today's landscape of college athletics in particular, when you have a coaching change, you're looking at some major roster turnover because you're looking at some pretty notable roster turnover each off season. Anyway, we talked so much about how much that, that LSU roster was changing last year coming off of a second round NCAA tournament appearance and, and looking like a team that that still had an opportunity to, to do some big things this year. You saw a lot of comings and goings. Uh, And so this year with, with the news around a coaching change and then some of the uncertainty around what else could be looming for LSU, you knew to expect a lot of names to hit that transfer portal. Uh, since Thursday, you've you've hit the three, Xavier Pinson, Brandon Murray, and Sharif O'Neal, uh, the two guards on Thursday, and Sharif yesterday. And Tari Eason had played himself into a lottery pick throughout this season, just a fantastic transfer get 
last year from Cincinnati, I've seen him in some mock drafts as high as the eighth pick. And so you knew he was likely to announce and, and head to the professional leagues. The positive so far for Matt McMahon is that uh, last night they got their first addition in a Northwestern state transfer and, and Keon Col- Col- uh, Keon Copeland. I want to make sure I don't mess his name up. Keon Coleman, I think is the former Opelousas um, Catholic star at Michigan state. Yes. Oh, no, 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 my bad. That's why I got messed up. I'm used to talking to you guys about, about <laughs> Keon. It's yeah. Kendall Kendall Coleman, the Captain Shreve, former yeah. district defensive player of the year, a 6'8 big man uh, who blocked a, a bunch of shots up there for the Demons, um, averaged eight and a half rebounds a game the last couple of years, played in, in all 59 of their games the last couple of years, blocked uh, one, a little over 1.2 shots per game and really stepped up his – his offensive game this past year, uh, he had averaged six points off the bench as a freshman, led them this year with 15.4 points. Uh, and so you saw him develop himself into a an all-Southland Conference first-team guy, and now he's he's continuing his career in-state, heading down to Baton Rouge, and is the first addition for Matt McMahon and company. Uh, and, and we'll see how that pans out here in the next couple of years because they're certainly going to need to add some more guys around him as, as we don't expect the – the goings to be done yet, uh, but but certainly Matt McMahon and company are, are hitting the road hard to make sure that they can add some pieces to to replace some of those names they're losing. Is it safe to say that the roster for the next couple of years, because we know that probation and you know punishment is going to be coming down by the NCAA, is it safe to say that, that the LSU roster is probably going to feature guys that are coming in and going to try to seize an opportunity to play at this level from – the likes of the Southland Conference and other places, maybe D2, one what I call one double A. Is that safe to say that the roster, the talent level, the top end talent level may be a little reduced the next couple of years? Yeah, I think you look at from from both ends of the spectrum, LSU right now has been recruiting at the highest level that it it ever had with the amount of five stars that have, have been added to that roster year in, year out under Will Wade. Uh, and that, so we've talked about the fact that there was going to be a drop off in recruiting likely just because it, it had peaked at a point we'd never seen it before. And so to assume that it will just continue at that level uninterrupted with no hiccups would be, uh, you know, kind of lofty expectations. Um, and particularly with some of those, those uncertainties around the program and, and what restrictions could be at play, you're, you're a little bit, until we see the the specifics, you're a little bit handcuffed by the uncertainty itself, and then we'll see what the actual specifics come into play, and, and they can kind of move forward with a little bit more clarity as a program and in terms of their, their pitches to these prospects and their families. But right now, I think, and that's part of what we talked about, the hire of Matt McMahon and some of the success he's had, identifying talent that's overlooked by – some other programs and maximizing and developing it, why that was such a key piece of what he brought to the immediate table for these, these next couple of years is that that is, I think going to be um, a bigger market for this program than what we'd seen in the past few years is trying to, to identify some of those guys that, you know, um, are not, are not household names. Kendall wasn't a name that was, was in consideration as a McDonald's all American sort of guy, but he's a, 
a good basketball player that is continuing to develop. And so you identify someone like that to make a, a little bit of a leap in program stature and, and think that you can help him take a leap in terms of his basketball development too. And I hope you can hit on enough of that to be pretty competitive these next couple of years and just lay a, a strong foundation uh, for, for this program moving forward. We're talking with Jarrett Rozier, recruiting analyst, reporter. He joins us here on RP3 and company. All right, bud, let's talk about you know, Rivals held its New Orleans camp just a few days ago on Sunday. Uh, give me uh, some insight here. Give me some guys that really stood out to you, some of the MVP, some of the top performers and uh, throughout the state that took part in it. Yeah, you know, running through some of the top performers from that event on Sunday, a couple of familiar names that we've talked about before, Wardell Mack, the 2024 cornerback out of John Errett, who has the Alabama and LSU offers early, uh, Caleb Jackson, the 2023 running back from from Liberty Magnet here in Baton Rouge that has those two and several more offers. Uh, I know we've talked about him as he kind of rose up LSU's boards, one of their top now rising senior running back prospects. Um, Kai Preen, I think we've probably mentioned at some point, 6'1", 190 receiver. He was the receiver's MVP. He, he's over at St. James now, had started his high school career at Ascension Catholic and is just such a talented, well-rounded athlete. I remember I was talking to Kai recently about remembering watching him break into to the Ascension Catholic lineup as a running back. And the next thing I know, I'm seeing some some DB film from him and he looks like he's a you know a power five DB. And then he I think he grew another inch or two, started playing that much more wide receiver and is now to me one of the top 10 to 15 players in the state as a, a rising senior wide receiver prospect, I think is is not too far down LSU's list. He's got a, a bunch of power five offers at this point. I, I don't think he should be far down the Tigers list. And two, I wanted to point out too, that I think you're, you'll kind of, it'll raise your eyebrows a little bit when you hear some of their specifics, the offensive line MVP, big man from Scotlandville, Jamal Franklin, Six eight three seventy nine and light on his feet at six eight three seventy nine, and uh, Jakeem Stewart, the D line MVP, about six five three hundred eighth grader, uh, preparing for to begin his high school career next year, and already has offers from all over the SEC, including LSU. And so those are are two big boys that competed at a very high level. I think there were some some good linemen there in competition on both sides yesterday or now two days ago and Jamal Franklin and, and Jakeem Stewart kind of taking the cake uh, so to speak. Jarrett let's go to LSU football they had a couple players enter the transfer portal and they picked up a a, a little bit of an odd commit that kind of confused some people so who's leaving the program who's entered the portal and who's uh, who's the young man that's coming in? Yeah, so an addition last night that I think kind of caught some some attention and a little bit of confusion for some LSU fans as they see a commitment announcement from a 2022 quarterback, uh, so a current senior who will begin college this year, uh, George Hamsley from Memphis University School uh, up in Memphis, Tennessee. He's going to be a preferred walk-on joining that that incoming class and someone that just adds that that much more depth to a quarterback room that is already going to be a focal point for this 2022 year uh, with competition from the top. You now add a, an additional guy in a, a 6'4", 200 
pound passer who's also listed for his high school as uh, you know, QB slash free safety. He, he can move a little bit. You can see him extend some plays and, and do some things with his feet, but also a good arm making a, a steady dose of plays uh, throws 25 to 40 yards down the field uh, outside the hashes with, uh, you know, some good zip to them and looking around at, at some of the, the Tennessee in-state coverage. He was one of the top remaining prospects in, in a lot of minds up there after so- the signing period. And so, he joins that mix now uh, to, again, just you know be another guy in that room and, and kind of push some things uh, from the, the back end of the depth chart and see what he can develop uh, at this next level and maybe be a, a piece long-term for Brian Kelly, Joe Sloan and company. Holstein picked up an offer from Florida. How much is Billy Napier and company going to be a factor in getting the Louisiana product there? I thought that was a really interesting one in the same vein as we've talked about before where – uh, Napier and, and the staff members from the Cajuns that are now in Gainesville had some good relationships with a lot of prospects and families and coaches in Louisiana, uh, but prospects that were a little bit higher level, likely SEC guys that that maybe wanted to have that SEC moniker uh, and so weren't going to, to stay in state unless it was LSU. Uh, but now there is that SEC moniker with, with Billy Napier and company down at Florida. And so for the Gators to get into the mix – for an Eli Holstein, and I think becomes an, an interesting addition to that race with the the A and M's and Bama's and LSU's uh, and Ohio State up north and, and a couple of those other Power Five schools. Jarrett, appreciate your time as always, brother. Enjoy your week, and I'll talk to you next week, bud. You got it, man. Both of y'all keep dancing. Have a great Tuesday. <laughs> man, my, he says keep dancing. He's encouraging dance moves. Oh, what's up? There it is. What? What? Oh, five names coming after me with my dancing skills in the chair. That's a mistake. What? What? Did you just get served live on the air? Yes! <laughs> we got to take a time out. We'll talk a little McNeese baseball. Softball coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are some hosts that talk like they know everything, but you don't have to worry about our guy, RP3. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's because he never knows what he's talking about. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Back to the show in the know. RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores, Alabama. In the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan Thee Stallion, Doja Cat, and so much more. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Win VIP passes from the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Post Malone fella 
He's got the face tattoo. You know, back in the day, having the large facial tattoo was a faux pas. But now, it's a thing. Will I be getting a face tattoo? No. That will not be happening. Sorry to disappoint. Are you bold and daring enough to get a face tattoo? Five names. No. <laughs> no. 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 I could never. I, I, I don't have tats. I wanted. I went through about a five-year period where I wanted to get some, but I could never figure out what I wanted. So I was like, "Well, I'm just not going to get one because I, I don't want to get something and then, like, a couple years later, have to get work done on it to fix it or change it and morph it into something." So I just decided not to get it at all. I have one. Say, I never got one. But I ha- but I've like thought about it of doing it since my first grandfather passed and then i've looked at the picture like five million times since then to where i actually finally was like hey i'm gonna get it there we go there we go but no facial tattoo no post Malone has 14 actually 14 on the face yes that's a lot of tattoos on the face yeah that's a lot of tattoos on the face that's probably not going to look so well when he's 50 or 60 years old i'm gonna go on a limb and say it not going to be a great look for him then. Mm-mm. He'll but, have permanent uh, bags under his eyes. Post Malone. You know who loves face tattoos? Footsie. Footsie, Kevin Foot. <laughs> no one loves listening to artists with face tattoos more than Kevin Foot. Facts. He'll talk about it when he gets on footnotes with Kevin Foot later on today. 9 to 11, right here on the game. I'll ask him about it. You'll ask him about it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little McNeese baseball shall we rough weekend at the joe for the cowboys houston baptist was coming to town opening up southland conference play they only had four wins on the season this looked like a series that should be for mcneese taylor made what a great way to start conference play win a series get rolling now that's not what happened huskies came in there and took two or three, won the series. And McNeese was able to avoid being swept by winning the game three on Sunday, but still, not a great start to the season, not a great start to conference play for Coach Justin Hill and his team. And he was asked point blank yesterday, how did it feel to drop the opening series of conference play? Well, on one game, I was really did not like the eighth inning. And then in the last game, it was my favorite inning ever. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't the, the the good weekend that we that we wanted to have. Um, anytime you drop a series, especially in a condensed conference schedule, uh, it kind of puts you behind the eight ball to to achieve the goals that you want to have. But the fact of being able to get get out of there uh, when you're you know down by six runs late in the ball game, we got out of there with one and kind of kept our head above water. You know, this team still hasn't played consistent good baseball, the, the kind that we know that we're capable of doing. We've shown we've shown. All the ingredients, just not all at the same time. It's hard to win a college baseball game. It's really easy to screw one up. I mean, we, we kind of showed uh, that sometimes, uh, even within the game that we won. Uh, but it's good to get out of there with one with, with a win. And uh, obviously not satisfied with that. And uh, we're going to be playing a good team uh, this weekend, going uh, down to Thibodeau. You know, looking forward to making some improvements, uh, you know, getting getting to play some, some better baseball. Yeah, they're going to take on a Nichols Colonels team 
that won their series against Southeastern Louisiana, a Lions team that, by the way, took down defending national champion Mississippi State. So competition in the Southland this year is going to be tough. It's not going to be a walk in the park. I mean, Nice is going to have their hands full, especially if they don't start improving, start don't start playing that consistent baseball that the Cowpoke fans expect from their program. And Coach Hill was asked, look, could their pitching actually kind of help them uh, catch up and get from behind the eight ball, so to speak? Much of a team thing that it is anything. And that's why the ability to strike people out is so such a big deal on teams that can win because then you don't have as many runs crossed there. You know, they don't, they, don't, they don't put an asterisk on the scoreboard when it's earned or not. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a team thing, the ability to make, you know, not have an inning kind of get away from you a little bit. I, I think that's, the, that, that's one of the things you want to be good at, and that's part of being a good team. Uh, sometimes it's going to bite you, and it does that, uh, and it, it bit us this weekend. Uh, but, hey, let me, let me credit, you know, what HBU did. I mean, their bullpen was incredible especially the first two games I think that at at one point they had walked one you know over the two games and they recycled guys I mean so they they deserve a lot of the credit of the things that we did we did you know there were some things I think we could have done to uh, make some improvements but they played with the lead really really well and you know for him look there's still some youth involved with this McNeese Cowboys team and they're still trying to find their way and He'll kind of elaborate a little bit more on that yesterday when he talked about, you know, seeing his team, witnessing his team, so to speak, find the roles that they need to take on to help this team turn a corner and start winning more games. I think there's a rhythm to a lineup. One of the things that that we got to figure out, um, and again, it doesn't mean it has to be the same nine every time. I mean, I I think we can kind of have balance. We know if a Left-handed reliever is coming in. These guys know to get ready. I think Connor Westenberg knows when he needs to start getting his legs loose for things. I think you're starting to see some of those things. Some, some, you know, I don't want to just call it roles, but hey, this is this is where I this is where I go. You know what I mean? This is kind of how I fit. And uh, so the more that we can find, you know, everybody where they fit in uh, to help this team win, while also giving them opportunities to improve. So. McNeese is looking to get on track, and they got a big weekend series this week at Nichols. And look, I think the Southland is wide open. I think you're looking at any team can beat anyone. And look, McNeese has the experience, right? They just do. But they got to figure it out. They got to be able to figure it out because – Look, they struggled last year, too, and then they went on a run after the Northwestern State trip where they had the bus breakdown on them. They had to go off the road. It kind of jolted this team, and it made them figure things out, right? They went on a roll and won the conference tournament and then went back to the NCAA Regional for a second straight season. So they have the capabilities, and they have a skipper that's been able to do it before. They have a guy that knows how to guide them through this. Their next game will be tomorrow when they host Southern. The Jaguars, Cowboys will meet up at the Joe tomorrow night. First pitch is set for 6 p.m. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to shift gears a little bit, talk NBA, talk New Orleans Pelicans with Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights. That's coming up next right here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
King Cake baby, consider him a close personal friend. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Or at least a Facebook friend or MySpace friend. Is MySpace still a thing? I wonder what Tom is up to these days. He's desperate. He'd sleep with a meat grinder. Time for some more friendly Pelicans talk on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time is running out for you to vote on our poll question of the day. It could be a question that could forever fracture RP3 and company. Who is more fashion forward? Yours truly, the big, bald, and beautiful one who likes wearing Magellan pants and golf polos. Or is it Hannah Five Names, the producer extraordinaire who boldly came in today with a Rubik's Cube hoodie situation and wearing her sunglasses inside the studio? Who's more fashion forward? Right now, 46% of you say neither. <laughs> 36% say Five Names and only 18% for yours truly, RP3. By the way, those are all correct. That's how it should be. It should be neither, then five names, then yours truly. I have uh, no reservations, you guys, believing that I am, in fact, not fashionable. Fashion forward. Because I make up for it with my dance moves. Look, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. But we all bring something to the table. You're far more fashion forward than I am. Five names. That's fine. But I bring the dance moves. We're going to have a dance off on Friday. Ooh. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it in the, in the rear room mirror. Ooh, We're going to have one. I mean, I'm just saying, I may break out some of the dance moves from the daddy-daughter dance from my daughter's dance recital a couple of years ago. I may break those out on you. You don't know what to do. True story. We're doing Dancing to Surfing USA. That's our, that was the daddy-daughter dance for the dance recital at the Hyman, by the way. And I'm up front. My daughter's on the front row. So we're having to go through this choreograph. And there's a moment where I take the beach ball and I put it down. And then she's supposed to pick it up. And your man kicked it. I accidentally kicked it. So while everyone else keeps dancing, I have to go retrieve the dance. I have to go retrieve the beach ball before it rolls off the front of the stage at the Hyman Center. <laughs> we have video of it somewhere. It's, it's amazing. But did I recover? Did I allow that to cripple my, my enthusiasm to do great with my daughter dancing on stage? No, I didn't, five names. That's what I bring to the table. I bring confidence and the ability to adapt and overcome on the dance floor. All right, so poll question on Thursday. What song should me and RP3 dance, <laughs> dance off to? I'm seeing it. You know who, uh, you know what song Ali Cassell would say? He'd probably say the Macarena. No one did the Macarena back in the day better than Ali Cassell. 
they they almost changed the name of the song to doing the ollie really yes true story it's time for us to welcome on our final guest today he's the man known for being positive his positivity has willed the new orleans pelicans into the play-in tournament it's our privilege to welcome on mr ollie cassell from the bird rights good morning sir how are you good morning raymond that's been an interesting conversation, but please don't drag me into this one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, how, how are the dance moves? How is, excuse me? How are your dance moves? Whew, I, I'm not, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. That is not something that I take great pride in. <laughs> uh, all right, but I know something you do take great pride in, the fact that you your positivity has willed the New Orleans Pelicans to ninth spot in the Western Conference standings. Uh, let's recap the weekend because you had the bad with the loss to the Spurs, and you're like, oh, man, oh, no, oh, no. But then they bounce back and take down the Lakers. Uh, what was your biggest takeaways from what you saw from Willie Green's squad over the weekend? They, they could have very well in this homestand gone 3-0, and but the problem is for some reason they have such a tough time beating San Antonio. So when that game slipped and you watched the first half of the Lakers game, you're thinking, boy, things are going terribly south and that playing tournament's very much in doubt. But they were able to turn it around. And what you learned is they're honestly a third-quarter team. And I looked at this, Raymond. I looked it up. Since December 1st, they've been the best team in the league in third quarters uh, by net rating. So that means offense, defense, they play at the best for the best 12 minutes. You know, they play the best combination of, on both sides of the ball. And that's important because a lot of good teams generally play great on both sides or play great in third quarters I'm, as I'm getting mauled by my dog. And uh, <laughs> this is, you know, what I'm saying, Raymond, this isn't a bad team because normally there's one or two things going on at least when, when that happens. The, uh, the coach either makes great adjustments to where it propels a team to victory. Or the players honestly know it's winning time and you've got a group in the locker room that's honestly pretty darn good. And, and the one that sticks out to mind is the Warriors. When they were during a dynasty run, they were known as, as just basically terrors, right? You could be down or up 20 points on them and you'd never feel comfortable. And generally, you could still end up losing that game. I remember that happened to the Pelicans a few times. So it's, it's a good thing. Right. So that's that's what I guess I'm leading up to in a long winded way. This Pelican squad, despite, you know, still kind of having that mediocre record, um, they're barely above 500 since that fourth start. I think they're much better than what we've seen even so far. And I think we'll get into it. But look, the starting lineup that Willie Green likes to use with CJ Brandon, uh, Valanchunas, Herb Jones and Jackson Hayes, they're five and two when they play together. And since the all star break, when B.I.'s been in games, he's five and one. So it looks like the key to this team, honestly, is just health. If they can stay healthy, they can make some noise in a playing tournament. What happened with Trey Murphy? It sure does seem like a light bulb went off for him, and he just started to get it and, and now has his confidence in his stroke. Yeah, it was great to see that he finally joined the regular rotation, right, earlier this month. And he's honestly been the reason why the Pelicans have won a few games, especially that Lakers game. You know, he, we, we knew he was a shooter. Right, Raymond? And we talked early when he wasn't playing on why that was. Well, I think we're seeing now there's a totally different kid here than what we saw during the first few weeks. His confidence is through the roof. He can now put the ball on the ground. 
um, make a play for others or get to the rim. I mean, I thought that drive where he had a scoop layup against the Lakers, that was something he couldn't do during the first few months of the season. And then, of course, he gives you other things, right? He can still play defense. He's got the nice length, the athleticism. He'll grab you a few offensive rebounds. I mean, he, he, can, he can do a lot. Right. So he's finally showing you what we thought the Pelicans were drafting in that he's going to be more than the three point shooter. And it's impressive for me to see that he's doing it in his rookie season when he started so poorly. He's definitely developed. He took having uh, essentially being benched, have his minutes taken, uh, going to the G League in Birmingham. Uh, He's taken that well. And you love seeing that from a younger player taking the coaching, taking the tough love and being able to respond to it, just like Jackson Hayes has to come back and start developing and be a key contributor for this team. B.I., we we saw him over the weekend. My question to you is this. Does he need to be 100% healthy for this team to win its play-in game and possibly make a run? Yeah, that's a good question. You've got to think probably pretty darn close to that at least, if not completely what you just said, because – C.J. McCollum, you know, the Pelicans could have won that Spurs game, and they had a couple of shots to win it late. But C.J. wasn't able to get a shot off because he was just draped with a double team. But unlike B.I., C.J. doesn't have, like, the natural gift of either being fast to get by somebody or raising up over them, which B.I. can do. So, in a sense, B.I. could be the more valuable player from the perspective when you really need a bucket and if you want to just pick one guy, he's that guy because he can do it despite not having another star around him. And I think with CJ, we're seeing why he was generally always considered second fiddle to Dane. So even though I think CJ's one of the what top 25 players in the league, and he, he's been playing like it since he arrived, he needs somebody else to honestly be a sieve out there to alleviate pressure when it, when it gets poured on, right? So, yeah, I, I think Brandon Ingram needs to be a full go for the Pelicans, honestly, to have a real chance of just probably even winning one playing game. They have to go on the road tomorrow night to take on a Trailblazers team that is an absolute free fall and, and a bit of a dumpster fire. And then they're at the Lakers on Friday. How key is it, Ollie, for them not to take the Trailblazers for granted, not, you know, not to let that be a trap game, and also go into L.A. and continue to push the Lakers further down the standings? Yeah, so... Good thing is with the seven remaining games, there's two against the Trailblazers, and they've got to get those wins. Trailblazers are looking actively looking to lose every game here on out. And so they've got to take advantage of that. And with the standings now really close, right, the Lakers and the uh, Trailblazers all within a game of the Pelicans, you've specifically got – or the Lakers, I mean, not the Trailblazers. You've got to stay a game ahead of the Spurs here on out because they've already got the tiebreaker. So that means – Whatever the Spurs do record-wise here on out, the Pelicans have to at least match that to make sure they stay above them. So easiest way to do is keep winning games, and you've got to take care of Portland. Uh, like I said, they, they, don't, they have no interest in winning anything. So that should, I, I feel pretty confident. I know it can be a trap game. Usually the guys that are playing at the end of the season on teams like that, right, actively losing, they're playing either for jobs or just wanting to get a new contract, something along those lines. So they're going to come out, and they're not going to completely lay down. So the Pelicans still have to take care of business. But, yeah, the Lakers game, that's the real big one. You want to keep pushing this team down the standings, as you mentioned, for not just to get in the playing tournament, but to get their 2022 first-round pick. 
Right now, the Lakers are sitting in ninth in the standings. You want to see the Wizards and the Knicks finish above them, but you you almost now want for the Spurs to jump ahead of them just to ensure that New Orleans probably gets that pick at the end of the year. Plus, it's always fun, right, seeing the Lakers struggling this much, and you, you just want to be known as the team that kind of knocked them out of even the playing tournament. Wrapping up our conversation with Ali Cassell, editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. I saw a lot of buzz over the weekend, specifically on Sunday, about the atmosphere inside the Smoothie King Center. Did it feel like for the first time in a long time that the fans and that the crowd had great energy for a Pelicans home game, Ollie? It did. I hadn't heard it that loud since the 2018 playoffs, (laughs) and that's a long time ago. So – it kind of gave you a taste of, boy, if this team really starts doing you know, good things to where they're getting in the playoffs consistently, this could probably be almost a typical night. And that would be something because the New Orleans Pelicans haven't enjoyed a home court advantage and they haven't taken care of business at home for a lot of years. I think if you have the crowd like that, it's going to help you. There's no doubt in my mind that, of course, Trey Murphy, a lot of the guys came up big, but to come back from 23 points down – usually need another kind of impactful, um, just something pushing you to that finish line. And I think the crowd was it that game. Look, the Lakers, when they were announcing their starting lineup, the whole crowd just basically drowned them out with boost where you couldn't even hear the announcer. And then pretty much once Trey Murphy and, and Brandon Ingram started doing their thing in the middle of third quarter, the fans were cheering so loudly on every positive play there on out. You, you felt like, the team was going to get willed to a victory. And sure enough, that's what happened. Ollie, appreciate your time as always, brother. Keep up the tremendous work. Keep being positive. And uh, I'm going to be working behind the scenes to get footage of you on the dance floor. I feel like it's out there somewhere. Someone has some VHS tapes somewhere. And uh, we're going to make that a thing, bud. I've paid everybody off. It does not (laughs) exist. (laughs) Have a great week, brother. Thanks. You guys do the same. Here in Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year. And there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, reminds you call 811. And know what's below before you dig. We got to wrap up today's show. We'll get you set up for footnotes. It's all next right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to thank our guests for joining us on this Tuesday edition of RP3 and Company. Author Chris Lamb of Stolen Dreams, Jarrett Rozier, recruiting analyst, and from the Bird Rights, Ali Cassell. 
I want to thank all of you who voted and commented on the poll question of the day as well. Final results. Who is more fashion forward? RP3 or Hannah Five Names? You have voted. 44% of you say neither. Crushing. Crushing. We're both losers. Five names. It's okay. 39% of you say five names and only 17% say RP3. Shout out to all who voted and left your humorous comments about who is fashion forward and who is not. Reminder, LSU baseball live on the game tonight. They're taking on those fighting Warhawks of ULM. Shout out to Funro. First pitch is set for 6.30. You can listen to all the exciting action live right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Good show today, five names. I hope the fashion question did not tear us apart. I think it brought us closer together. Shout out to you. For the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parts III. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.